This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we have a super fun episode with my friend, Elise Cranny, who is also known as the 5K Indoor American Record Holder as of a couple weekends ago when you're hearing this. She just ran 14.33 in the Indoor 5K, which literally makes me want to barf because it is so incredibly fast. She's on the Bowerman Track Club, and she actually was on the podcast like way back in 2020, and a lot has changed since then. She made it to the Olympics, obviously became an American record holder, and has had a lot of breakthroughs. Today's episode was so fun, too. We talk about so many random things, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Before we get started, we are so close to a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't rated and reviewed and you love the podcast, like you listen to it every week, it takes 15 seconds and it's a completely free way to support the podcast and it helps me out so much. So if you take the time to do that, it would mean the world. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Converse Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Before we get started, I want to talk about one of my long-term sponsors of the podcast and sponsors of me that is inside tracker you guys know i swear by inside tracker what inside tracker does is they analyze your blood biomarkers and then they take that data and provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you then they offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes that are individual to your blood biomarkers and how to improve those blood biomarkers to optimize different levels For me, I've been working every single day to optimize my vitamin D because that is so important. Also, going along with that, my B12. I've been taking vitamin D and B12 every single day. I take it all in my greens powder. Inside Tracker also keeps me on track because I get to check it off every single day on the app. They also have new recovery pro tips that take personalized health recommendations to the next level by offering science-backed recovery techniques that are conveniently delivered to you right after wrapping up your workout. Based on the specific duration and intensity of your workout, Inside Tracker will automatically provide you with, with simple yet specific guidance on the most efficient ways for your body to refuel and recover. This is the kind of personalized insight that's like typically experienced with exclusive and really expensive sports dietitians, but now it's available to you within the Inside Tracker app. All you have to do is make sure that your Garmin or Fitbit device is connected to Inside Tracker, turn on push notifications, complete your workout, sync your fitness tracking app within 30 minutes of your workout, and then you automatically get that recovery pro tip following your workout. Right now, for a limited time, you guys can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. All you have to do is just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. It's also linked in the show notes as per usual. Now let's get into today's episode.
Okay, Elise, you were on the podcast. I need to like look at what month it was, but it was all the way back in 2020. And we have so much to catch up on. And you've accomplished a lot since then, I will <laughs> I will say. <laughs> so I'm excited for our listeners to uh, get the lowdown of what's been, what's been up with your life. But to start off, do you want to just give a little intro to yourself? Yeah, um, I'm pumped to be back on the podcast. Um, I'm Elise. Um, run for Bowerman Track Club. Um, live in Portland, Oregon right now, originally from Colorado, but right now we're at altitude training in Flagstaff. Yeah. And you now have a new title to your name, <laughs> American record holder. That is so exciting. <laughs> For some reason, I got I got confused with the outdoor record and the indoor record, and then I was like, "Wait, how is that an American record?" But then I was like, "Oh wait, that's indoors, and that's even more impressive because running a fourteen thirty three five k indoors, I don't know how you do it. I genuinely <laughs> don't know how you run that fast. What is that per mile?" Um. Oh man, uh, <laughs> you don't even think, think about it that way. I think fourteen thirty five is. 70 so that's 440 per mile so it's like slightly under that oh my gosh you literally ran my mile pr 3.12 times (laughs) i i don't know i don't know how you do it do you like did you know that you were running that fast i mean obviously you heard your splits but like did you know that you were going to run 1433 honestly no we also like our first, we came to the first 2K in six flat. So we were at like 15 flat pace. And then I think I took over the lead at like 2,800 or 3K. And then I didn't really realize how fast I started running. But obviously I started running, <laughs> running semi-fast because we like really started dropping down the pace. So that definitely started to hit me like the last like six to 800. I was like, oh yeah. And I feel like I've been like, we've been like cranking it down. Um, but I was like, yeah, I was definitely shocked. I think to see the like finishing time, especially after like our first 2k, I was like, okay, like we're going to have to like crank it down to like get run 1447 and break the record. Like it's going to be close. So then to like, see that like Gabrielle and I were in the 1430s was like, oh, well, we must have really cranked it down. Then. <laughs> yeah, we not even close. <laughs> not even close. It was like breaking records by like 15 seconds. I was like, that is so, that's so, such a big margin. Does anyone understand that? That is so wild. I can't, especially after coming through in like 15 flat pace. How do you even, oh man, how do you even in that moment be like, it's possible to run 1433. I, I feel like if I went through in 15 flat days, I'd be I like, oh, I'm definitely that. not running 30 seconds faster yeah. than that. Yeah. I mean, it definitely didn't cross my mind. Like I'm saying, yeah. I think at that point when I took over, I was like, oh man, like, I feel like we got to start running fast to like, if we're going to even be able to break 1447. So then I didn't, yeah, I didn't think would be making it that much time, but somehow we did. The fact that you say <laughs> even, like even break 1447, like, I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> Did you, was that like the main goal of the weekend was to break the American record? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the main goal. Like going in, um, Shalane was like, the record needs to be broken. Like Vanessa ran there two years ago and was like less than a second off. So we were like, we gotta, she was like, that record can't still be here. You guys, you guys gotta break it. (laughs) So, um, I think, yeah. And like she, the American record was also the, the North American record. So, I think between me and Gabrielle and Courtney, we were like, we got to try to 
dip under that. So that was kind of the yeah, yeah. main focus of the weekend. Someone's got to break it. <laughs> yeah. <of> the three. <laughs> well, that's really exciting. How did you guys like celebrate after? I feel like everyone had to be pretty stoked, including Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry was pumped as well. I think Shalane was also pumped, even though we broke her record. But again, I think she was like, it's time for it to be broken. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I know I was bummed that the guys were on a different day because the guys like absolutely crushed it the next day, but it was kind of sad that we couldn't like all celebrate with them. Um, and the race was so late, like we got done pretty late. So we just, we had some food and then we got ice cream. So nothing like super exciting. And then we were <laughs> shipped back up the mountain, yeah. <laughs> some drug testing, like oh. all very exciting things. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like, you know, even when you get to the top, top level, you still celebrate with like a burger <laughs> and ice cream. Like, it doesn't it change. <laughs> It's like since high school, right? It's like the same Literally. thing. You're like, wow, I can't wait to just like go get a burger and ice cream. <laughs> it's the simple thing. <laughs> what do you think about that track makes it so fast? And why does everyone run that fast around there? I don't get it. I've never run at BU. Yeah. Oh man. I feel like at this point, I feel like it's so much mental. Like it's, there's just so much hype around it. Like I feel like you can't show up and like not be hyped because there's just, I don't know where it started, but I just feel like people started running fast there. Like I mean, like forever. And it just, I don't know, it just feels like a really fast track. I also just love or like love 200 meter indoor bank tracks. I don't know. I feel like, really? yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like a little like race car. Like it just is like the turns are so tight. You kind of just like get in a rhythm and you feel like you're just kind of like, you know, whizzing around. So I don't it kind of makes me dizzy because it's so so like tight. I don't know. It is Maybe really I'm, tight. I'm just not a very big fan of indoors. I feel like I have always had the hardest time unless it was at the Dempsey, which is basically an outdoor track thrown inside a dome. <laughs> um, how do you like, what's the, what's the difference of like running indoors for you? Do you have like a different technique style? Ew, I hate how I'm like getting like technical on this podcast, <laughs> but I am intrigued. Really I'm dive, not a good really indoor runner. And I'm, into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like technique style. <laughs> No, but actually though, like, do you, do you like whip around the curves? Like, do you go up a little bit on the, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. I'd say the biggest thing like is like, I don't know, this was like a smaller field, so it wasn't as big of a thing, but I feel like the biggest thing about indoor is just like getting out and getting in good position. Cause it just feels so tight. Like, I feel like you don't really feel like you can like move too much unless you're like like you just don't have that much time to pass on the straights unless you're like going to like pass on the curves and then you no, feel like literally like that's what I feel uphill. like you like where do you even pass because the straight lasts I'm not even kidding probably Two seconds. three seconds and you're like okay well who can pass someone three seconds I can't maybe I just don't yeah. have a good turnover but I'm like there's no passing anyone so yeah that I sense, think that's though. like the biggest thing yeah but I I think yeah I kind of like the like I said the smaller like turn because I feel like you just like can get in a really good rhythm and just kind of start like just like crossing off the laps because you kind of just feel like you're whipping around that is true I feel like it, it's exciting because you feel so fast on it where you're just like zoom it's like a race yeah. car yeah that makes sense did you like the Dempsey better than a 200 bank track yeah because I felt like I couldn't even maneuver around the track I felt very like clumsy and weird I I mean I don't want to like throw this out there into the world but it is rumored that like taller people have a hard time on indoor track yeah. because it's harder to maneuver and I agree I mean I just feel like I had the hardest time yeah and I'm also not an, I'm not an aggressive runner so I'm like <laughs> 
<laughs> you can pass me, but I'm not moving, you know? <laughs> so that was probably my issue. And then I didn't love the Dempsey either though. I felt like the Dempsey, the track was not bouncy at all. Like, I feel like it's, you're running on like concrete for some reason. That's why I'm shocked that you said the Dempsey. Like Boston <laughs> is like bouncy. And I'm like the 200 meter like banked makes you feel like you get in a rhythm. I'm like the Dempsey, you never know where you are. And the track is so hard. I don't know. <laughs> Why is that track so hard? It really I is like <laughs> extremely like dense. <laughs> I will say that. Like I do like the 200 meters because it does feel more bouncy. But then a lot of like if you feel bad, then it just feels even I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just kind of have trauma from indoor season, honestly. Like I was just never really in great shape. And you're Every smart. single race I ran indoors, except for one of the Dempsey was bad. So this is horrible. <laughs> and why am I talking about myself? I'm so washed up. I should be talking about you who just broke. No, I love this. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting insight into your, into your, your thoughts and feelings on Tinder. Okay. But I will say I like ran, um, this last summer I ran the diamond league final 5k in, in Europe and they like wanted to do this new thing where they like basically like built a track in the city center and they had some events like in the city center, which like was very cool in theory, but they basically like tried to make an indoor track, like on, like in the middle of the city center, but it was like, I don't know, 500 and something. It was like a random distance, like 500 and something meters, but like, Ew. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> they, on the straights, it was just like track surface laid out, like on the ground and then they like had like built these things that were like kind of like banks but they like weren't like one of the sides is like a steeper bank than indoor and the other side you basically went up like two hills so like it was like like one little bank and then a little straight and then another little bank so honestly that was like the last like semi indoor track I ran on so when I got on the track to like do pre-meet at Boston I was like holy crap this feels so much better because I absolutely like died a horrible death in that race and like was like was like you I felt like I was falling off the track I felt like I was like running up these hills and it was just absolutely horrible so I feel like it made Boston feel even better that makes sense ew like two hills yeah I feel like the last thing that you want to feel during a track race is hills yeah like why are there hills underneath me it's supposed to be completely fine zero foot elevation gain and loss wait what what me was that um it was in Zurich it was the Diamond League final they just like moved the 5k to like not be on the actual track and like I think a couple of the field events this was outdoors? which was cool yeah it was cool in theory but like the like the actual track itself was just it was not a jam yeah I feel like I watched that race but maybe I didn't I'm gonna need to go look this up on YouTube now I'm very curious and that's like a gross distance of a track yeah over 400 meters that's yeah that's too long yeah, no, it was, it was not it. I feel like a 400 meter track already feels long sometimes. So to have 500 meters, oh my. Yeah. It's the opposite yeah. of an indoor track, which is yeah. like so short. Yeah. I love breaking down the technical aspects of track and field. <laughs> it's definitely my forte and I'm really good at that. We're really getting into the, you know, the nitty gritty. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who hasn't stepped foot on, racing on a track since 2018. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> um okay anyways 
Well, you also, <laughs> I want to talk to you about the Olympics because you made it to the Olympics. Exciting. Congratulations. Even Thank you. Thank a long time ago, but not really in the grand scheme of things. How were the Olympics for you? What was that like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. I think, I mean, I'm very glad that Chris and I had each other, like, thank goodness we both ran the 5k and like, we ended up being roommates, which was huge just because I feel like with no like spectators or like family or friends over there. Like it was so nice to like go through that together. Um, How do you know which roommate you're going to get? We didn't know until we got there. They just like Um, tell you like here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So then why did they pick you? Did it, was it really just random? I actually think that they were putting people with um, people from other event groups. So I actually worked out because she made the 10k team as well and I didn't so I think they paired us as almost being like a 5k 10k (laughs) duo which actually worked out really well that is so nice I think if that happened that we would have would have been roommates so yeah so that worked out really well um yeah the village was so cool like I didn't really know what to expect but it felt like a mini city and I think just being around like athletes from all sorts of different sports and all the different countries was something that was really cool. Like being in the dining hall and just seeing like athletes from all sorts of different countries was a really cool experience. And then when you step foot on the starting line, what was that feeling like? Was, did you, did you kind of have the mindset of like, this is like every other race, because when you get to the Olympics, you're racing kind of people that you've already raced before at like diamond leagues or other world events, but did it feel different? It felt different because that was like my first global work race. Like I guess Carissa had run Doha, but like I hadn't really run against like many of those people before. Mm-hmm. So I think it was definitely like a bit intimidating standing, mo- mostly probably like in the call room and like warming up. Cause you're just like, Oh my gosh, like there's like Safan and like Helen O'Beary and people that you're just like, you've been watching for so long that are just like insane. And so I think that was kind of crazy, but I think, I'm like glad that you have the prelim first. Cause I think it was kind of easier to look at that in terms of just like any other race, like, okay, I've done so many prelims before, um, you know, like all throughout the NCAA system, like throughout like USA's and trials. So I think looking at it that way, I'm just like, okay, I need to be in the top five and try to treat it like any other race of just like, okay, I'm just racing against, you know, maybe people I haven't raced before, but like the goal is still to like get top five to move on to the final. So I feel like in that regard, it was like, okay, I'm running on a 400 meter track, doing the same thing, trying to accomplish the same goal of being top five. So I think that was definitely helpful. Yeah. And then just not overthinking it and freaking out. I mean, like, oh my gosh, I'm the yeah. I mean, you can a little bit, but just not like overcomplicating it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, exactly. How was like your experience after the Olympics? Did you feel like, I don't know, you learned stuff or like, I know a lot of people, I don't know, they kind of had the post-Olympic blues where it's like you accomplished this big thing. How did you kind of recover from the Olympics? Yeah, I think the biggest thing honestly was just like, it was so eye-opening. Like, I feel like it was, again, like the first time that I feel like I'd run really like on the global stage. And I feel like I just saw what it took. Like, I think being in that final and just like, getting our butts absolutely kicked and just like not even being in the race like the last 2k was like actually like in the moment like felt so defeating but like was really inspiring of like okay this is what it takes to like 
basically jump to this next level and like just getting, you know, focusing on like, okay, how can I like take this experience and like learn from it to motivate me? And I think that was super motivating and helpful. Like, I'm glad that I raced a few more times after the Olympics because I think that kind of helped with you know, experiencing any sort of like post-Olympic blues was like, I was just like, okay, I'm still in my season. I'm still racing and I'm excited for the opportunity to like put some of these lessons that I feel like I've learned into practice in races. And I think that was helpful also in being like, okay, the season's still continuing and you're still racing instead of just being kind of like this huge, like downfall and crash after the Olympics. So I think that was actually like helpful in the grand scheme of things to like have a few of those races and then just have it be like such an incredible learning experience and be like leaving there like hungry for more I think yeah it was like very motivating do you say that you like learned or saw what it took to be at the top or like in the race I don't know for medal position I guess at the Olympics what do you have to work on do you think yeah I think I mean I feel like it's just forced me to bring like a lot more intention to my training. Like I think the way that the final went was very like the first three K it was very like fart looking type style. Like it felt like we would like, you know, sprint a 300 and then jog a hundred. And so it's like that sort of race, like, like Shalane and Shelby, like a bunch of people had told us like, that's usually kind of how championship five K like style races go but I think I actually feel like we had to get in there and like actually feel like what that felt like and not just hear it from someone that's so interesting I feel like that's not something that you really see from the like just watching it on tv you can't tell because like we rewatched the race afterwards and I was like wow I feel like this is doing such a disservice because it felt like such an accordion when you were in it and then you like can't tell but I'm like it literally felt like we would like get disconnected and they'd slow down. So we'd reconnect and then they'd like sprint again. Well, you can actually, I remember watching that and being like, okay, they're like, oh my gosh, they're off the back. And then it's like, wait, (laughs) and then we'd be like, so so I guess you could see it, but I feel like in the race, it would probably feel so dramatic. Yeah. That's so wild. I guess I didn't even think about that. I I mean, I didn't really run the 5k in college or anything, but what I feel like people don't really do that in NCAA racing at all. No, uh uh-uh. Or even like regular pro racing on like the U.S. circuit. I feel like people aren't. Yeah. I wonder why that is. I don't know why, but like, I think in regards to that, it was just like, okay, like how can I be more intentional in practice and like working on like, okay, like a race like that, like you never get in a rhythm. So it feels bad from the beginning, but like you can keep going. And I think like, I kind of let... Like it kind of panicked a bit and was like, oh my gosh, like we're a lap in and this like feels so horrible. And like, you're looking at the clock and you're like, we're not even running fast, but like it feels, or like as fast as we could be. And it feels so horrible. Um, But I think like, I don't know, just that, for example, you know, being like, okay, you can like weather the storm. You can, you know, work on like your strength and in training and practice so that you can like better handle those pace changes or, or things like that. And just being like, again, I think, yeah, for me, it's just been like the intention in practice, like, okay, you know, the people that are like up there, like meddling in and metal contention, like you're just like, okay, they're showing up to practice each day being like super intentional about not only like how they're training, but everything else they're doing. And I think, you know, when I thought about it that way, it was like, okay, I think I can find, you know, the 1% here or there that I could be doing better, you know, like it could be like, I don't know, getting, you know, prioritizing my recovery a little bit more or like, you know, getting like really consistent massage so that I can like handle the training a bit more like, I don't know, just little things like that, that I'm like, I feel like 
was eye-opening and like okay you could like be doing these little things a little bit better that can add up to make like a big difference I'm so curious because I feel like as a pro runner you have to live such a disciplined lifestyle especially like you're saying I mean at that level what is like your vice like what do you feel like you need to work on the most or something that you kind of like slack on the most oh uh, let's see um (laughs) honestly I think the sleep piece I could still be better at like just like kind of more consistent like naps or like like going to bed you know trying to go to bed more at the same time every day like I think sometimes it's really easy to just like get distracted like later at night and then be like okay yeah I probably like should have gone to bed earlier and like gotten a little bit more recovery like I think that's a thing that I would probably say is yeah yeah everyone has their little things I mean no one's perfect you know yeah it's just wild like the lifestyle that you guys live it is so crazy disciplined that it takes like a specific type of person to be able to do it like you and Carissa I just admire you guys so much because I can't (laughs) fathom living like so disciplined like you guys do (laughs) and I feel like people don't really like understand that until you kind of see it happen yeah I don't know or just like living with Carissa I mean I wasn't obviously analyzing what she was doing every day and I'm not at altitude with her but like (laughs) I don't know just like how much you guys work out and then always just like needed to rest and then I don't know. There's just yeah. so many little things that go into it that people don't understand. And I especially, feel like it's, yeah, I just, I feel like it is a little things. It's like, you can't explain that to someone, but it's like, I think that's the other piece you have to try to work on too, though. It's like, cause you don't want to like burn yourself out. Cause like, if you think about it, it is like so different than like a nine to five. And like, it's not like you ever like quote unquote, like leave work. It's like, you could always be like, you could drive yourself crazy being like, I could technically always be doing more or be getting like more rest or more recovery. So it's like, you kind of have to find like, okay, what works for you without being just like, so like, so locked in that you make yourself like absolutely miserable. Cause I think that's like a slippery slope. You can definitely go down where you're just trying to be like, I need everything to be like perfect, which like will just drive you mad. Yeah, that, that also was an interesting point because you got to be sane enough to be like, all right, that's my limit. I can't do anymore. And then also like balancing, just doing everything, like doing the most. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can't even imagine. I feel like that would drive me like even thinking about it kind of drives me <laughs> already thinking about like finding the balance Yeah, and being happy with it and being like, I'm doing enough. I'm fine. I don't need to go Norma tech now for the second time today. You know? <laughs> wow. Well, that's really interesting. You're sitting there, like you could be like, I could be doing more. So I think, yeah, I think that's where it's like, you have to just find what works best for you. And I think like really like focus and own that and be like, okay, this is what's working best. Cause otherwise you'll just like drive yourself absolutely crazy. Yeah. Do you feel like you compare yourself a lot with your teammates or anything? Cause you guys are, I mean, living together right now in Flagstaff and everything. So obviously you see basically what everyone is doing every day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was like, a steep learning curve, like when I first joined, cause I think it's like really easy to get caught up in that. But I think that goes back to kind of what I was just saying about like finding, I think that's what I've like really tried to work on. It's like, find what works best for you, where you're like so confident in what you're doing that like, you're like, okay, everyone is like doing things slightly different and that they know that that works best for them. But then you don't, you don't even like question if like, oh, if this person's doing that, like, do I need to be doing that? Cause you have like found what works for you. And I feel like, um, yeah, that's something I've like really been trying to work on over the last year is like, okay, like 
you, your body feels best when you like do this in the weight room or when you do this for recovery. And so, you know, really focusing on that. So then you don't get caught up because I think when you start to compare is like, then you question what you're doing and then you're just like so easily swayed. And then you kind of just, again, you like go crazy. Cause you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's like, you're supposed to be doing like what feels best for your own body and like everyone's so different. So I think like consciously trying to work on that. Um, But yeah, it doesn't come naturally for sure. You have to like really be like, okay, is this working for me? And like, I need to be like confident in what I know works for me. It's so crazy though, too, because I feel like that happens almost at every level. Like it probably happens in high school where you see someone else doing some extra strides or something. You're like, should I be doing that? Yeah. And then in college, like you have to, I don't know, deal with living with other people on your team and then seeing people way more than you did in high school. So it's probably the same thing where you're like, okay, this person's doing this. Like, should I be doing that? And then it's yeah. still, it's the same thing as in pro running. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy how that kind of aspect never really goes away. It's just, you really got to trust there. yourself, but yeah. also through all, like all that time, you probably deal with a lot of like trial and error of what you try a bunch of stuff and just end up like I don't know as you get yeah. better better and more into the pro scene you probably know yourself a lot better than you did when yeah. you were in high school so yeah and I guess that's where like I feel like part of like maybe not comparison but like being around people is like good because it's like I feel like some of the things that I do now are things that like I learned from people like when I joined the team or things that you like you know, learn from people in college, like you're like, Oh, this person does this. And like, I want to try that, you know, and then you find that like, it works for you. Like you said, you go through the trial and error. But I think some of the things we like adopt, we like learn from other teammates or people, which I think is really cool, too. Because then like, maybe they're doing something that you were like, Oh, like that could help me, you know, like, I don't know, taking up some salt bath could like help me recover. Like I never used to do that. And then like Courtney and Chris would do that so much. And like, when I started living with them like at altitude camps I would be like oh I'm gonna try that and I'm like oh it's like pretty nice and relaxing and now I like you know sometimes we'll do that and like that wasn't something that I used to do before so I think things like that make it fun as well to like figure out like okay what can I learn from the people around me yeah learning from your elders and your peers I guess (laughs) (laughs) do you like uh altitude training yes I love altitude training probably because I'm from Colorado. So like, oh, yeah. I don't know, being anywhere in the mountains or at altitude. And I think just being like born and raised at altitude, I like feel strong training here and like dipping down into sea level after you've been at altitude for a while. So I feel like you have a little bit of a level up there compared yeah. to other people. Yeah. You're yeah. like, I'm used to the skinny air, you know? <laughs> exactly. It is hard, like being away from home for sure for like big chunks of time. And like, I don't know, just like renting a car so then you're like you just don't have your normal freedom because you're like sharing a car with your whole household you know like there are things that are definitely like you just don't have your own space but I like being at altitude and it's like fun to be as a team training together and like I don't know a more cohesive environment than when people are kind of living all over in Portland yeah and I feel like I mean when you go to camp well, your camps are so long, but when you go to camp, it helps get you in the zone too. Like you're really dialed in and less distracted a lot of the time. I mean, just knowing like Carissa and I's living situation, I bet I think being at camp is probably a a little bit more dialed in um, approach than our house was. (laughs) But what do you like about Flagstaff specifically? Do you like do a lot of things around there? What even is there to do? (laughs) Um, We don't do a ton out of like, set of training but I think it's like a fun place to be just because it there is such like an incredible running community here like you just always run into people like 
out running like groups that are like up here doing altitude training like new balance boston has been up here but then like also there's just like so many people that are like based out of here for training so like i don't know running into like a couple weeks ago i was just like doing a run and i like ran into sarah hall and like got to run with her for a bit like after she set the american record in the half so like that was really cool and so that piece is is really fun and then like we will often go out to a, go to sedona to work out and it's like I don't know, just being down there with all the like, you know, beautiful like rocks and driving through there and like warming up and cooling down on those trails is, is really fun. So yeah. I feel like Flagstaff is the new boulder. Like everyone is there. It's popping off. People are moving there. It's just wild out there. I feel like so many people are moving here. I know. I feel like Bowerman's about to move there next. (laughs) (laughs) It's a place to be. Yeah, for real quick little intermission here to talk about today's sponsor one of my favorite sponsors which is gooder you guys know i rock my gooders almost every single day when i'm out for a run gooder makes 25 dollars active sunglasses for anyone they are lightweight comfortable and they don't move when you run which is amazing and it's all for only 25 bucks i also love that they're all polarized because the sun shines very strong here in san diego and i need polarized glasses so that i can see where i'm going when i'm running they have really funky names like This one that I'm holding right now, I'm not your bro, brah. (laughs) You can browse through their website and I know that you'll find a pair that speaks to you. I have so many pairs of Gooder sunglasses and I just rotate between them every day because I love them that much. I also get compliments on them all the time because they're really good quality and they're just very stylish. It's also a great gift idea for one of your running friends and treat yourself to a pair or two. Go to gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com, and get 15% off your entire order when you use code COLDBREW at checkout. All orders over 50 bucks get free shipping in the U.S. as well. That is 15% off with code COLDBREW at www.goodr.com. Look good, run gooder. Now let's get back into chatting with Elise. I got a ton of questions, of course, Um, (laughs) so we can go through those. Okay, let's do it. What are like your main goals for running? What do you want to accomplish in this sport? Just like not this, just like in just sport overall. In general. Yeah. Um, I would say just like would love to make another Olympic team in 2024. I would say like, I mean, the first pressing goal, I guess, would be to make make the world team. I think like having worlds in Eugene is something that's like so special and unique. So that's like the primary goal. And then in the future, I just think like being around, you know, teammates that have won medals is like being up there, like contending for medals. And I think this is something, you know, that Carissa and I talked a lot about after the final is like, I'm pretty sure like the highest American finish in the 5k at a global championships for women is seventh place. So like really trying to like, um, continue to like move American middle distance and distance running forward on the global scene is something that really excites me. So, um, yeah, I would say like world championship and Olympic medals are like probably the big, the big end goal. Mm -hmm. Those are some good goals. (laughs) (laughs) Why? uh, This is just a question for me. Why did you move from the 15 to the like, Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine moving from the 15 to the 10 K to the 10. Yeah. What was that decision? I'm sure Jerry probably pay, played a big part in that one. I as was well. not too pleased at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was like, we're going to do a 10 K. And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't imagine being sentenced to a 10 K. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you played out in your favor though, but yeah, yeah, I guess take us through that process. Yeah. I think, um, 
I don't know. I think like just as I've been able to get more consistency, like training environment, like my strength has come a long way. And I think, um, he was like, you know, let's try to, um, do a 10 K and kind of put that strength into practice and like, see if it's an event for you. Eventually. I think it came a little quicker than I thought. I thought maybe like I'd eventually move to it, but like maybe you'll go further, <laughs> further down, <laughs> yeah, maybe the road. A couple years down the road, you know, <laughs> when the speed starts going away. <laughs> So I feel like I'm still always like in his ear of like wanting to do more 1500s. I think, especially like with Gabriella and like her sister, Lucia just joined and they're just so speedy. So like wanting to do, you know, maybe some more like 15 specific sessions with them and get in a couple more 1500 <laughs> races. Cause that's still like, uh, I said, just, I still love the 15. It holds such a special place in my heart, but the yeah. 5k is like, is really growing on me, but like. I'm not, I'm not completely sold on the 10K yet. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say is your favorite event? Would you say it's still the 15? Oh, it's so hard. Cause I'm like, I'm definitely starting to like the five a lot more, but I think the 15 might still be my favorite. It's just so like quick and like exciting the whole time, you know? And then it's like, you just rip the bandit really off. You don't have to be out yeah. there in your own head for. Yeah. You don't have to think like, am I going too fast? Like, it's just like, and I think this is what. I think Gabriella was saying this. I totally agree. She's like, if you like go out too fast in the 15s, like maybe you have to deal with dying for like 300 meters. But like, if you like go out too fast and screw yourself over in like a five or a 10 K, like you're, it's like a death march for like a long time, you know? <laughs> like, it's not like, it's not like, <laughs> that's like, it's like 5K in Zurich. Like, I was like, you know, it was like a death march for like 3K. And I was like, this is just like absolutely horrible. Like, I have literally two 1500s left that I have to run, and I'm like absolutely just like getting obliterated. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's I feel like in a 1500, if you're dying, it's like, yeah, like you said, 300 <laughs> meters of throwing yourself a pity party. Yeah. The other yeah. ones, and like, I don't know, if you feel bad in like a 5K, I feel like it's just so much more dramatic. Like, that last, like, just dying is so much more dramatic in your yeah. head, and you're like, yeah this carnage is too much to handle. Well, cause you just feel like you just keep like slowing down and slowing down. And slowing <laughs> yeah. down. <laughs> 1500. You're like, I can finish this. I will finish this soon. It'll be over soon. No one. Looks yeah. Oh my gosh. But like dying in a 10 K. Oh yeah. Dealing with getting lapped and stuff. <laughs> that's a thing. Like when you start to get laughed, like then that's just, that's another whole nother oh level. Gosh, like the chances that you get lapped in a 15, like very, very low. Yeah exactly so <laughs> yeah that makes sense man I literally can't imagine running six miles on a track all out <laughs> so like just being in your head for that long I don't think I could deal with it like I feel like that would be more hard for me rather than the physical I mean everything would be hard for me now because I'm so washed up but talking about my old self um <laughs> like <laughs> dealing with my thoughts being in your head for like 30 minutes? plus minutes <laughs> yeah like a 6k cross country was so hard for me doing it on the track for 30 plus minutes, I literally don't even know what I would do. I think I would drive myself insane and I would convince myself to step off the tracks a little bit too. You just like, you cannot look at the lap counter for like what feels like a long time. Cause you don't want to like look up there and see like 19 laps. Like Chris and I joke about this all the time, like at the trials, like the, um, official was like at the lap counter was like yelling out like every single lap like 22 laps to go 22 laps to go like you couldn't ignore it and it was just like absolutely not we do not need to know that we have 22 laps to go like maybe Who you told that man to do that like, 
six laps to go or five like we do not need to know when we're still in like double digit land like no especially that race like please don't tell me how many more I have to go in this heat yeah exactly you're like I felt miserable like a lap in so that's like stabbing a sword deeper into you after you already have one in you so exactly analogy but (laughs) you know what I mean um yeah okay next question so I feel like over the years you've had like a lot of injuries or like in college, I feel like you were always, um, maybe not always, but a lot of, you had a decent amount of injuries over the years. How did you keep a good attitude after like having setbacks repeatedly? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there are times in college when you're like in the midst of it, that it was like really hard. Like I was just like, Oh man, like you just quite, like, I was just like, is my body just like not made to run? Like this is not working. But I think like, I don't know. I think just having like teammates and coaches around me that were like really supportive and like, especially like coach Mel at Stanford, he was just like, I don't know. He was always really helpful and like, okay, the environment at Stanford is like really intense. So I think it's just like, you know, it's harder to recover. It's making things worse. And he was like, your best running is like going to be ahead of you after college. And I think that was something that like, I really held on to and something that like continued to like excite me and I think in those periods of time where I was injured, just being like, okay, like really having kind of that long-term vision in mind and like those long-term goals that I feel like I had like had like starting in high school about like wanting to like make teams and like win medals. And so like trying to hang on to that and be like, okay, this is like a long, long long-term process. Yeah. That's so interesting too. I, talk to Steven like a decent amount. And I feel like one of the main reasons that he was also really successful. And I mean, now he's been a little bit banged up, but it's because coach Mill believed in him so much and made it clear. And I feel like it just shows the importance of having a coach that believes in you. Yeah. Because if you're struggling or like, I don't know, someone like Steven, who is definitely like a developmental athlete. (laughs) So that sounds like a diss, but it's not, but um, just having like a coach that really believes in you is so powerful. It's huge. I feel like that's where I'm like, I feel like coaches or just like anyone who can play that role, like can't underestimate, I don't know, just the impact they can have. Like, I don't know. I've thought about that so much recently. I'm like, that's honestly like so much more important than even the training. Like if you're giving someone training, but they like don't believe in the training or they don't believe in themselves. Like honestly, you could do any sort of training and it like doesn't matter, but having someone that like, I don't know, believes in you and is like, this is what you can do. Like that's even how I felt like my coach that like started coaching me in high school, Jason Hartman, he was like, so like, he was someone that like, I don't know, believed in me before I believed in myself. And he like, see, you know, he was like, you're going to be able to do these things before he even like, I don't know. It was like, I had shown nothing that could indicate that, but like feeling like you have someone that like believes in you is like, you're going to be able to like do all of these things is just like super motivating and inspiring. And then you're like, okay, like, yeah, I guess I can do that. Like, I trust this person and they say that I can and they believe in me to do it. And I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I feel like honestly, you need kind of an outside source sometimes to start believing in what seems unimaginable to you. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy. Like I had, this is so random. I, when I was a senior in high school, this random dude that started like strength training me, like helping me with strength training was like, you are going to break 440 in the mile. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm never going to be able to do that. I don't know why I thought it was so outrageous at the time, considering yeah. I like, had run 450 already at this point. Yeah. I don't know why I was like, no, that'll <laughs> never be possible. But I think even just having that random strength training guy tell me that I was like, maybe I can do that. Like, maybe I, 
I don't know, just having someone tell you something that you don't really ever yeah. think about or something that you don't even think is possible, I feel like is actually really powerful and you just can't underestimate it. Like, I feel like yes. belief, especially at someone like your level means everything. I mean, training, yeah. obviously you guys train super hard, but the men- the mental side of it is so big. So big. Yeah. Well, that's like you were just saying, like maybe you might've never thought like, oh, I can break four, four. Like that might've never crossed your mind at all. You were just like, oh, and then like someone outside like tells you that. And then you're like, maybe I can. And then you like start working toward that and like feeling like you can and like getting momentum. And then, yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. So everyone, I don't know what the advice is there, but maybe have some stranger tell you that you can run fast. And yeah. it'll help you. <laughs> Find people that believe in you. <laughs> yeah, just surround yourself with people that believe in you. I think that's that's a good takeaway. <laughs> okay, when you have a bad practice, how how does Jerry respond? And how do you handle also having a bad practice? Yeah, I think um, something that I've like really like about Jerry is that he like always sees the bigger picture and his big thing, especially just around distance running is like, it's the consistency, like it's the day in and day out and the weeks and the months that you string together. So it's not like any one workout or any one day. And I actually feel like that mentality is super helpful because he like, I don't know, like anytime I have a bad workout or anyone on the team does, it's just like, Oh, like you just had like a rough day. Like, we'll, you know, be working out again in two days and you'll be ready to go. And I think kind of like not blowing it out of proportion is actually like really helpful. Cause it's like, so true. It's like, it's just one day and it's not one day that makes or breaks you. So I think, um, his approach to that and being chill about it also like is really helpful, like from an athlete's perspective of being like, okay, like I just had an off day today, but like, I, you know, I did the best I could. I salvaged the workout with, you know, even being an off day as best as I could. And I know I'll get better from, from the bad days and like fighting through them as much as I can and know that like, you know, a good day will be, will be coming again soon. So I think like, yeah, not blowing any, honestly, even on a good day, like not, you know, getting too down about a bad day or too like high about a good day, but trying to be the best athlete ever. exactly I mean you know do that to get some confidence but like <laughs> do that like not, in private, not though. too big <laughs> yeah that is that is good advice though I feel like even when it comes to racing like kind of going through the season of just like not getting too excited over everything or like not too bummed about it is the way to go because yeah I don't know you just got to be level-headed yeah yeah until you make sure. the Olympics then I feel like you can celebrate maybe a little more than usual then then an or break the American record like maybe you could do that I don't know that kind of deserves an extra celebration an extra scoop of ice cream <laughs> whoa we're getting we're getting too crazy crazy <laughs> does Jerry, like does Jerry ever yell I've never met Jerry in my life I don't even think he, I I don't even know if I would be able to recognize him out of a crowd of people I literally have no idea what he looks like <laughs> but does he ever get mad like does he ever get angry or yell he doesn't really yell yeah I feel like for the most part he's pretty like he's pretty even keel pretty level-headed what does he like get annoyed about the most on the team oh man um I should just have Jerry on so he can answer all these questions yeah you should I don't know how to get in contact with him but <laughs> <laughs> he's very like off you know any yeah, sort he, of he like doesn't really seem like he was social media he really like to come on commas over cold brew <laughs> We, I feel like sometimes we barely see him like outside of workouts. We're like, what does he do all day? So maybe podcast, maybe he's secretly just doing a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, it could be. I'll need to look that <laughs> up. 
Okay, well, enough questions about Jerry. He has gotten <laughs> too much time on the show. Someone asked, what's your go-to breakfast? Oh, uh, my go-to breakfast is picky oats, beet chocolate oatmeal. Mm. Yeah, that's my my typical day or any sort of like, I don't know. Um, they also have really good pancake mix. So sometimes I'll do that, like some some sort of egg scramble and pancakes. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Also beet oats. I'm just imagining going out onto the street right now outside and being like, hey, do you want some beet oats? I have them <laughs> like for free in my bag. Like who would accept that other than- No, okay, they're they're not. It's just like, it's beet chocolate. So it's mostly like chocolate, dates, almonds, and it's like some beet powder that makes it the color of beets, but it tastes nothing like beets. No, I, I completely trust you on that. I'm sure I would absolutely love them. <laughs> And so I just don't want to it's like it's not like chopped up beets in my oatmeal and I'm <laughs> no, but I'm just like, imagining like, telling anyone that I like beet oatmeal and they would throw up on me. <laughs> but now I want to try it's really it good. Everyone, beet. all your listeners should go try it. Everyone go try picky oats, beet chocolate flavor, according yeah, to Elise. But if it's great. bad, blame it on Elise, not me. I'm sure it's, it's not really bad, good. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, picky oats don't hate me, Lauren. I don't know you, but don't hate me. Okay. Um, how often do you guys lift? Uh, we lift um, usually like two to three times a week. So usually we'll do um, like, it kind of depends on the person. Like I usually do legs on like hard workout days. So twice a week and then um, do like some core in conjunction with those days and like a third day. So two to two to three times a week. Nice. Swole. One of your teammates, actually, undisclosed member of your team, um, asked, what is your greatest fear in life? Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not a podcast-perfect question. Absolutely not. That is what? <laughs> That's not even that bad of a question. It could be so much worse. Oh, my gosh. My greatest fear. Oh, man. <laughs> I feel like I'm just, like, so terrified of, like, getting older and like looking back on your like I just feel like that I've read so many things about like you know people that are older that like reflect on their life and they just are like I wish I would have like not spent so much time like worried about like stupid things or like stressing like I feel like I like worry about that like later on in life and just like reflecting and looking back and being like wow why did I waste so much like unnecessary like stress and energy on things that didn't matter that is a good answer to that question (laughs) and I feel like everyone kind of has that but no one ever really reflects on the day-to-day. No one's ever like, oh my gosh, I really need to stop worrying about like this because what if I die and then I, whatever. Yeah. This is so morbid. Wow, this is getting deep. I'm crying right now. I'm like setting fears. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed thinking. But, about okay, this is like, this didn't get really deep. But we had this conversation on a run the other day of like, would you be like living your life differently if you like knew you had a year to live, which is like a scary <sighs> thought. But then it's like, in some ways, it's like, if you would do a bunch of things differently than like, maybe you should change how you're living now. Cause like, we're not guaranteed to like live like 70 more years, but we just like live our life that way. But yeah. Anyways, that's getting into a home. Oh my gosh. Well, what was the answer? Would, would you change your life? Would you change everything <laughs> that you're doing? Well, we were, we were having like a discussion of like, okay, even if you like love running and you're so passionate about it, like if you only had like a year to live, like would we be up at altitude, like grinding or like, would we be, like, <laughs> would traveling be up doing you know? track routes three times a week and <laughs> running and Norma teching every day? Yeah, I think, I think we would make some slight, some slight changes to, to my last year of life. 
<laughs> I think I just might get out and experience a little bit more instead of like run and then like yeah sit inside in Norman Tech the rest of the day and then run again <laughs> I would definitely keep like running but I think it would just probably be more like I don't know traveling and seeing the world and like eating good food and like having wine I don't know just like doing things a bit differently but yeah just living it's a question you can reflect on as well okay I'll be reflecting on that maybe I should (laughs) leave my apartment more often that's my (laughs) I should probably leave my apartment I don't think I would be like laying on my couch for five hours a day knitting maybe I don't think I would be (laughs) I might like spend it doing something else more meaningful oh my gosh what if I died and like the last thing I did for like the last month was just knit (gasps) is that what you've been doing yeah well I, I got a concussion last Monday so I haven't really been able to do that much. So I've been knitting. <laughs> what are you knitting? Have you made anything cool? No, I'm just in the middle. Here, I'll show you. My, my viewers can't even see this. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have to take my arm off. It's not cool because this is the first thing I've knit. I've knitted in so long. I'm just knitting a scarf. Wait, so that's is, really cool. I mean, it's extremely boring and it looks like poop on the camera right now. But I'm doing half this color and then half there's like a cream colored yarn right there on the couch oh my god like a little dude I think it, are honestly, you gonna wear gonna, like, it or are you gonna gift it what's your plan when you finish this masterpiece I have no idea I'm not I don't wear scarves so <laughs> I have to think about what I'll be doing with this scarf it's just been fun to pass the time and like you know I have no life and I'm 80 years old and I like to knit but everyone told me actually on my Instagram when I was like I need hobbies that don't involve like my phone screen because I've been spending way too much time on like screens and computers yeah. and phones. And everyone's like, knit. And I was like, I used to knit. Like maybe I'll take it back up again, but I don't wear scarves. Well, you maybe you need to do like a giveaway with all your um, your fellas. Yeah, I can be like, hey guys, who wants this fugly this scarf. scarf that I made? And it's even more meaningful because it was made by you. Handmade you with in- my sweaty hand. <laughs> but it's a major work. <laughs> really though like this takes hours I don't know how people sell hand this is so so random I don't know how people sell like hand knitted items because the time it takes to knit these things I'm like yeah does anyone make money on these things because <laughs> I don't know how long it's taken me to get half like this is even halfway through the scarf yet hours and it's like and that's a scarf like how do you make like how do you then like sew to get like if you're making like a shirt or a sweater? I don't know. There's like ways that you can do it. There's like tutorials that you can follow online. But I'm like, how does anyone sell that for profit? You're yeah, are, you have to spend like over 24 hours on one of these things. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. These are things that I need to think. Maybe about. you need to you need to speed knit. You yeah, need to, like, I just need to like really. Speed. Yeah, I like need to <laughs> need to knit for speed. <laughs> need to do reps. <laughs> you need to practice. Do some. <laughs> knitting intervals my hands need to, my like fingers need just like a little bit more um work and they need little <laughs> extra muscles before I know I'm gonna have little muscles growing on my fingers oh my gosh is anyone even listening to this podcast anymore I don't even know um okay I'm so off track <laughs> so off track everyone's like I don't knit and I don't care about knitting okay <laughs> one last question from Morgan Pearson uh the triathlon guy oh yeah 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 he asked are you going after the American record in the 10k in March Oh, wow. That's a very specific question. I know. I was like, whoa, Morgan, like, really? Wow. Wow. Does Morgan want me to go after the 10K American record in March? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I'm like, is there something I don't know? Am I like? Uh, I will be running a 10K in March. Uh, I'm not sure yet what the plan is regarding pace, but I will be at the 10K in March. Yeah, I saw. Is that the, um, the 10 or whatever? Yeah, yeah. There's some good people on that 
yeah it's gonna be today. i feel like it's gonna be a really good race so yeah sad i'm not gonna be commentating this year i commentated last year's i know why why not, You're not i don't know i'm really out. bad at commentating though i don't know enough stats once again i'm not really a stat woman i'm more of a let's talk about knitting with my friends kind of woman <laughs> you know <laughs> so i thought you were like a technique gal i oh well now i am after this podcast i know <laughs> everything about technique everyone asked me everything about people's stats and track differences and don't ever ask me those questions because I will leave you on red and not reply okay um I honestly though I cannot imagine commentating a 10k like I just feel like it was hard it was way too much time like I don't know what you would like especially like a setup race that's like pace is like there's nothing changing so like honestly there's not much to say unless you just start like telling a story about like everyone in the field like I don't really know I don't know what it was last year at the 10 I was like it was obviously everyone was just being paced and it was it wasn't boring because I liked watching the race but then coming up with things to talk about I was like Chris is my roommate and uh (laughs) she was excited for this one you know like that's basically all I could say and then Jeff was spewing off like stuff about people's like times or like what the American record was and when this person I'm like I don't have any of this information I don't know anything But it was fun. It was you a- had the inside scoop on Carissa and her living habits. You should have shared with the well, you know, the world. <laughs> it wasn't. Carissa didn't really live any. Like, there's nothing that I would bring up that would be like revolutionary. You know? Yeah. Carissa's a good roommate. There we go. That's like <laughs> all the information I really have. And she's never home because she's always at altitude. There you go. Her cats are. Cool. That'll get you 20 seconds of the race. <laughs> Literally, and then I have 30 more minutes to go. So, well, I'll watch that race and cheer for everyone and watch you go after the American record and Morgan will be watching too. Yeah. So. Apparently, apparently Morgan's Morgan is, uh, yeah. He's your number one fan Morgan's actually. Morgan's told American me. record attempt. Yeah. Are you going to be at indoors? No, I'm okay. not. I really want to race it, but it's only like a week before the 10 K. I wish a 10 K was like a week later. Cause then I would definitely, definitely do it, but yeah. not this year. Yeah, I was looking at the start list this morning. I didn't see your name and I was like, Yeah. Bummer. I'm gonna be there. I was gonna cheer for you. Dang. Good old Spokane. Yeah, the the new facility looks great and the 3K and 1500 fields are loaded. So I'm yeah, I'm very sad to miss out. It's okay. Um, I'm sure everyone will be watching your 10K and <laughs> cheering for you. Okay, well, I've kept, I've kept you here long <laughs> enough. I've uh questioned you about everything in your life. <laughs> your biggest fears uh where can people follow you that where can people follow along your journey uh instagram that's that's pretty much the the only place Cranny. i'm trying to uh uptick my uh my posting frequency so <laughs> check it out check out see see if uh i stick to it i believe in you i'm, you I'm have... at like three posts for the year thus far so i gotta, gotta on, step you it up have, white there literally every day taking pics of you i would see carissa like she'd just be stressing over posting an instagram i'm like you have 45 pictures of yourself to choose from they're all great <laughs> pick one let's go share yeah. with your followers because they're cute yeah courtney white is hooking us up with some some great content but i feel like i usually do this where i like go ham for a week while she's here and then it just like goes away so i'm trying this year to like really stay a little bit more consistent after she leaves yeah it does get a little more difficult when you start having to like take the pictures yourself or be like yeah pick of me (laughs) yeah (laughs) well I'm looking forward to it I'll hold you accountable just DM you yeah please do waiting for pics (laughs) will be your first like and comment so 
<laughs> please do i need some people to hold me accountable so i so I actually follow through <laughs> okay um well thanks so much for coming on i appreciate you taking the time and sharing your life with us to uh close out the episode can we get a good old peace out fellas i've been waiting for this moment for like two years i, I can't wait oh my gosh. <laughs> go ahead peace out fellas <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of Comments of a Cold Brew. I literally stopped recording with Elise and the first thing I said, I was like, that was the best episode I feel like I've had in months. I really like all of my episodes, honestly, but I just feel like Elise and I had a lot to catch up on and we were talking a little bit before the podcast too. And it was just great to catch up with her. I really hope I get to see her soon though, because I miss her and I hope you guys enjoyed catching up with us. Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, that means the world to me and follow us on Instagram. Everything is linked in the show notes as per usual. Appreciate you all. And I will hear from you guys all next week. Peace out, fellas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.